The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Fuat of Mr. Jack Satin, dedicated by his son Haim. El Narefanalo, El Narefanalo, El Narefanalo, Betoch Shar Holeamo Israel. Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Ainun Shmata Chabaruk Rafael Ben Miriam and Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. We are beginning today's daf on Daf Zayin Amud Bet. <clears throat> and we'll begin uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom, starting from Amar Abayir. <clears throat> we had a machloket in yesterday's daf between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda regarding the ability of the seats to be mechaper. The seats was the headband, the gold headband that the Kohen would wear, Kohen Gadol would wear on his forehead. So, according to the Bishimon, the seats is mechaper on Tum'ah. Let's say a Korban was brought by Tum'ah, so whether the Kohen is wearing the seats or whether he's not wearing the seats. It's the fact that the seats is in the world somewhere that has the ability to atone. Whereas the Biudah, he held that the seat is only mechaper if, if the Kohen is wearing it. But if he's not wearing it, it does not have the ability to be mechaper. Rabbi Shimon brought his proof from Yom Kippur. The fact that the Kohen Gadol walks into the Kodesh Kodashim on Yom Kippur without a seat on, because he's not allowed to wear the gold uh, vessels or garments on Kippur, especially in the Kodesh Kodashim. So therefore, and still we say that on Kippur, there's kapara if the korban was brought, betumah. Over there the korbanot, uh, there, there's kapara. So therefore you see what? The seats not necessarily has to be on the Kohen's forehead. To that, um, the Yehuda challenged and said, no, <coughs> Kippur is all korbanot sibur. So therefore, korbanot sibur, you don't need a you don't need the seats in the first place because we say Tum'ah Hutra Besibur therefore once it's Hutra meaning it's Mutar to bring it Betum'ah Mutar only is Kapara for something that's Mutar so the Gemara concluded yesterday and said must be the Bishimon holds Tum'ah Dehuya <coughs> so we saw that there was a Mahloket Amora'in as well as an Mahloket Tana'in on this subject of Tumahutra or Dehuya. Uh, Rav Nachman held Tumahutra, Rav Sheshat held Tumahutra, and in the Tanaim, we had the same Mahlok between the Bishimon and Rabbi Yehuda. The Bishimon holding Dehuya, and Rabbi Yehuda holding Hutra. <coughs> Today the Gemara is going to analyze this uh, seats and this Mahloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Amar Abayeh said, Benishbar has seats. If the seats broke, meaning it's non-existent, 
וכל העלמה לא פליגי דלא מרצה. Everybody agrees that there's no ריצוי, that there's no כפרה. Even the Bishmon that says that the coin doesn't have to be wearing it, but he agrees it's got to be in the world. <coughs> if it broke, and non-existent, it's not going to be mechaper. Ki peligis, what's the argument? Where it's hanging on a hook. Which means he's not wearing it, but it's in existence, it's just hanging on the wall, on the hook. Rabbi Yudah Sabar, Rabbi Yudah says, Al Mesah Venasa. It's important to know the Pasuk, to know how each rabbi is Doresh. The Pasuk says, Vehaya al Mesah Aharon, Venasa Aharon et Avon Akodashim. It'll be on his forehead, and it'll, it'll, it, it will atone. So the Biudah makes a derasha. says that it'll be on the forehead, al-metzah, and then the next words are, benasa, it'll carry the sin. So what do you learn from there? That only on the forehead does it atone. The Rabbi Shemron Sabar, tamid liratzon lifne Hashem. Now, if you look at the end of that pasuk, that I just quoted, it says, And it'll be on his forehead constantly. So, Rabbi Shimon, I mean, Rabbi, uh, yeah, Shimon learns from the end of the Pasuk. That what? And it says, Tamid means always. Mashma that the seats, wherever it is. He's learning from the word tamid. Tamid is always. So the Gemara says, my tamid. Well, what does tamid mean? tamid al If you're going to tell me that the seats always has to be on his forehead, that can't be. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Doesn't the queen have to go to the bathroom? He's going to have to take the seats off when he goes into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Isn't he going to have to sleep? And we're going to see in a minute, it's obvious you're not allowed to sleep while wearing the seats. Ela tamid neratzehu. So you know what the word tamid is teaching us? That it always atones. So it comes out, we have a mahloket. How to learn this pasuk. Rabbi Yehuda learns from what? The fact that it says, the word metzah, it'll be on his forehead. And then it says the word venasah, to atone, so he learns, Dafka on the Metzah, does it have an ability to atone? Whereas according to the B Shimon, he says, no, I go with the word Tamid. What does Tamid mean? Can Tamid mean always on his forehead? Possible. It's not always on the Kohen's forehead. The Kohen has to take it off from time to time. Bathroom, sleeping. So what does Tamid mean? No matter where it is, it'll always atone, even if it's not on his forehead. <coughs> Oh, what is the Biuda? Do with the word Tamid. He learns from that word Tamid that the Kohen constantly has to have his mind on the seats. He could not take his mind off of it, which is called Heseyah Hadarat. Kidraba Baravuna. Like a statement that we learned from Rabbi Barbaravuna. The Amar Rabbi Barbaravuna, Chayav Adam ne Mashmesh betfilav bechol shaa b'shaa. A 
a person constantly has to feel his tefillin. Has to hold, touch his tefillin. Why? Kalvachomer misits. We make a kalvachomer from the seats. Uma seats. She'en bo'ela askara achat. Amra Torah al-Mitzchot tamid shelo yasiyach datom imenu. Tefillin she'esh ba'en askarot arbe'e. Alachat kama v'chama. The seats only has one name of Hashem. Has the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke. Kodesh la Hashem, it says on the seats. And we're learning from this Pasuk that what? From the word Tamid, that the Kohen has to have constant um, cognizance that he's wearing the seats. If the seats that only has one name of Hashem, and the Kohen is allowed to take off his Da'at from it, Tefillin, that has many times over the name of Hashem in them, Kochikin, a person will not able to take his mind off of it. So you see clearly that the seats needs concentration. The seats needs the Kohen to have his mind on it. And from the seats we're making a kalvachomer to tefillin. Now, before we go further, we do the top tosafot. Uma seats. She'en bo'el askarachat. Temali. Lefrach, you can refute this kalvachomer. Ma'ala seats she'ken Hashem hu bagalui. The seats is different. The seats, the name of Hashem is exposed. Tomar betefillin she'en mechupim or. It's covered under the leather. Mm-hmm. So that I could make a kavahomer. Maybe dafka the seats, because the name is uh, exposed on the outside. Oh, so you'll argue, what do you mean? On the outside of tefillin, it says shaddai. You have sheen on the box, you have the dalid and the nat, and the diyud on the shelyad. So isn't that God's name? Hada, and it's exposed. Hada de'en ze k'tav gamur. First, that's not considered written. The dafka shin shel tefillin alachal Moshe Mesinai. Aval dalid yud lo. And furthermore, the shin is the only item on the tefillin that's really alachal Moshe Mesinai. The dalid and the yud is not really necessary. The od besitz ika shema miyuhad bet dalid otiyot the hamir tafeh. And furthermore, yud kevavke. That's how the seats is more holy name than the Shin Dalad Yud that is exposed. So the Gemara, so Tosfot's really saying, what is this Kalvachomer? You're right. It's not really a, 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 a perfect Kalvachomer. The Oraita. That, that you can learn it from the Torah. Ela Midrabanan. It's a rabbinical law by Tefillin. True. The seats is more hamur than the tefillin, like we said. Since tefillin has a, an important uh, advantage, that what? So it makes sense that the rabbis would say that you have to, you know, not take your mind into the tefillin, but it's not a din de oraita. Which means, if it was a perfect kavahomer, kavahomer is a, is a Torah, uh, Torah law. However, once the kavahomer is refuted because the seat is more kadosh, it's more of a logic. That since tefillin does have an advantage over the seats in the sense that there's more shemot, albeit it's covered under the leather and it's not, it's, uh, not exposed, but if seats has to have uh, constant 
recognition that you're wearing it, so to the tefillin. So Tosfut holds it's a rabbinical law. Now it's worthy for um, a moment to analyze uh, this principle of Esay Hadat by tefillin. The Tosfot Yeshanim asks a question on this Gemara. In Masechet Shabbat, Daf Memtet, the Gemara said it's asur to sleep with the Tefillin. And the Gemara says, why is it asur to sleep with the Tefillin? Because we're worried that the person might pass gas when he's wearing the Tefillin. So the Tosfot Yeshanim says, why do you have to come on to that reason? Just say, it's a Sehadat. When a person is sleeping, his mind is of the tefillin. Why does the Gemara Shabbat have to create a new reason? So he explains like this, that that's the whole reason of Hesei Hadat. Shema Yafiyah Bahim. She's according to him, Hesei Hadat is, we're worried if you take your mind off the tefillin, you might unwittingly uh, be mafiyah. So therefore, that's the bottom line reason. Shema Yafiyah. That's why when it says, uh, when a person goes to sleep, obviously the is going to be Shema Yafiyah. Now, there is an opinion of what is Shonim called to be Al-Hanan, or has a different interpretation. He says like this, that Heseya Hadat is only when you're up. It's not Shayach Heseya Hadat when you're sleeping. Why? Because the way they're understanding it is the way the Rosh understands in Gemara Berachot, that when we say Hesei Hadar is Asur, it doesn't mean just to take your mind off the Tefillin. Hesei Hadar, according to Rosh, means Kalut Rosh, lightheadedness. Which means in the olden days, they used to wear Tefillin all day in work. What? You think they were thinking about the Tefillin all day long? They were transacting. Ella, when it says Hesei Hadar, it means Kalut Rosh. It means that you're going to act lightheadedness and Mizalzil uh, with the Tefillin. Oh, so now we understand the Gemara uh, Shabbat very good. Sleeping, there's no Sehadat. When you're sleeping, it's not uh, Kalutrosh. It's not lightheadedness. Ah, Ela, sleeping is Shem Yafiyah Bahim. When you're awake, the deen is what? Shem Shelo Yasiyahadat. And that's why the Gemara is giving a rule over here. That a person's Hayav Le Mashmish Petifilin Bechol Sha'a, which means whenever you remember that you're wearing the Tefilin, touch them in order to keep it on your mind from time to time. But not that you have to have 24 hours. Uh, understanding that uh, that you're wearing the uh, tefillin, so that's the uh, different opinions uh, of how to understand the sehadat. Is a sehadat shema yafiyah b'hem, or the sehadat inyan of kalut rosh? Furthermore, okay, so we go further, further in the gemara. So that's the inyan. So again, let's discuss, discuss where we're holding this pasuk over here. We have Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says you don't have to have the seeds on. He learns it from the word Tamid. Tamid, the seeds is always Mechaper. Comes to Rabbi Yudah and says, no. From Tamid, I learned that you have to have Kavana. Shaluyeh Sehadat in the seeds. Oh, so where does Rabbi uh, Yudah learn his deen from? He learns from the fact that it says, Vayal Mitzchoh Venasa. It'll be on his forehead and it will atone. So you see, that when it's on his body, it atones. So comes the Gemara and says, Ul Rabbi Shem'on, De'amar, Tamid Miratseh. According to Rabbi Shem'on, that holds. Tamid Miratseh, from the word Tamid, it always atones, whether he's wearing it or not. 
Ve'aketiv doesn't it say al metzach? It should say change that girsah based on the pasuk's reading. Al metzach v'nasa. What does he do with Rabbi Yudas Derash? In the beginning of the pasuk says ve'ayal metzach Aharon v'nasa. It'll be on the forehead of Aaron and it will atone. How does Rabbi Shimon learn metzach v'nasa? He holds it doesn't have to be on the forehead. So how does he learn that Derasha metzach v'nasa? Ha'hu likbow alo makom hudata. Not, that's coming to tell you the place where to put it. That you have to place the uh, seats on the forehead. So that's the derash of the B Shimon. Not that it's telling you when it atones or not. It's just telling you placement. That the seats must be placed on the forehead of the Kohen. Now, according to Rashi, in Masechet Zevachim Daf Yutet, the place of the seats was actually on the forehead itself. Which means, mamash, on the forehead. And that's what it means, when it says, mamash on the metzah. However, the Tosafot and Erubin said, as we learned, that the place of the seats was not on the metzah, but it was in the place of the hairline. Exactly, let's say, where we would put the tefillin, that's where they would place the seats. So the Mikdash David brings a proof that Tosfot must be right. <clears throat> Why? Because we have a halakha that says the Kohen is not allowed to place his hand above the seats because it has the Shem Hashem. So it would not be respectful for the Kohen's hand to go above the seats. We said just now that the people that wear tefillin, that to be mashmesh with tefillin bechol sha'ah. That anytime they remember it, they have to kiss the tefillin. According to Rashi, if the seat is on the forehead and the tefillin is above it, whenever he's going to kiss the tefillin, his hand is going to go above the seats. And that would be a sur. So therefore he wants to prove to us what has to be right. And that actually the seats was above the hairline. Because the Gemaran and Arubin said there was a place on the head for two tefillin. So therefore you put the seats and then you put the tefillin underneath it. So that's the way uh, they want to understand that. In any event, that's what Rabbi Shimon does with the Pasuk of Metzah. So comes the Gemaran says, V'Rabbi Yehuda likbaw alo makom minale. We've got to go to the other shita. According to Rabbi Yehuda, how does he know the placement of the seats? So the Gemara says, Nafkale, he learns it, Me'al Mitzcho. From the words, Me'al Mitzcho. Meaning if you look at the Pasuk, at the end of the Pasuk it says, Ve'haya al Mitzcho Tamid. That it will be on his forehead. So it says the word forehead in the Pasuk twice. It says in the beginning of the Pasuk, Me'tzach. Me'tzach v'nasah. That's how we know it's got to be on the forehead to atone. The second mitzcho teaches me what? Placement. So the Gemara says, Hey, the Bishamon. That's a good derash uh, over there. How come you don't learn placement from the second word in the Pasuk, mitzcho? So the Gemara says, You're right, by the way. That's where the Bishamon's source for placement is. On the second mitzcho in the Pasuk. Ah, If that's the case, then the first word, mitzah, that says, which is mashma, that Dafka, when it's on his fire in Laton, what is the Bishimon going to do with that? The second Metzah is teaching me placement. Good, so the first Metzah is open. And that word Metzah was written next to the word Venasa, which teaches us what? Dafka, when he's wearing it. But you, the Bishimon, hold, 
even if he's not wearing it. So the Gemara Amar Lecha, so he says on her, Ra'ui lemetzah meratzeh. She'enu ra'ui lemetzah, enu meratzeh. All he's just telling you is what it says, that it'll be on the forehead, doesn't mean it has to be beyond the forehead to be meratzeh. It means it has to be worthy to be on his forehead. La'apukeh nishbarat seats, below meratzeh. To the exclusion if the seat broke. Which means, how does Rabbi Shimon know a broken seat is not mechaper? The fact that it says in the Pasuk, Not that it has to be on his forehead. It has to be ra'ui to put on his forehead. If the seat's broke, can he put it on his forehead if it's broken? Of course not. So let's get the derasha now according to Bishamon this Pasuk. The first part of the Pasuk, That already teaches me what? A broken seat is not mechaper. has to be ra'ui to put on the uh, Fahid. <laughs> Furthermore, <coughs> when the Pasuk goes on and says, uh, Mitzchot teaches me what? That it has to be on the Fahid. It's giving me placement. That's the way Rabbi Shimon learns. Well, according to Rabbi Yehuda, how does he know Nishbara seats? Because he learned from that those words, Mitzchot Tamid, that that has to be on his forehead constantly. Which means that the seats is only mechaper when it's on his forehead. So the question then is, where does he learn uh, the deen of... I go back. According to the Biyuda, I go back. According to the Biyuda, he owes the seats is only mechaper when it's on the forehead. He learned that from the beginning of the Pasuk. The beginning of the Pasuk said, V'ayal metzah aharon v'nasah. Metzah aharon v'nasah teaches me what? Only when it's on his metzah is it a tone. Good. How does he know uh, Rabbi Uda? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The second part. No. Look at the Pasuk. No, I'm not going on the Gbal Nakum. I'm going on how does Rabbi Uda know that it has to be on his forehead to be mechaper? Not placement. Not where? Rabbi Yehuda holds Dafka when it's on his fire, it's Mechaper. That's from the first part of the Pasuk. Correct. That's the first deen of Rabbi Yehuda. So the first Metzah is used. So now we want to know, how does he know placement? So we said placement we know already from the second word that says Mitzchot. What does Mitzchot teach me? That's got to be on his fire. He actually learns from the extra Vav. Because it says Bayan Mitzcho. Because if you remember, the Yehuda just taught us when it said Mitzchot Tamid, that taught me what? That taught me Mitzchot Tamid, the placement. Now we want to know how do you know a broken seats is okay? It is not okay according to the Yehuda. <laughs> placement he learns from the word Mitzcho, the second word Mitzcho. Ah, oh, so the word Mitzcho is used already. How can you use the same word to teach me that a broken seats? It's not mechaper, extra vav, the o. Because the second word just could have said metzah. Like the first word. It says metzah, mitzcho. So from the second mitzcho, you learn what? Number one, placement. That's he placed on his slide. Rabbi Yudah, how do you know that a broken seat is not mechaper? Oh, the extra vav. Because it could have just said in the pasuk, if we're just trying to teach me placement, it could have said again metzah. And the fact that it said mitzcho, the vav is extra for a derasha to teach me what? 
that a broken seat, it's got to be ra'ui for the mitzah. If it's not ra'ui for the mitzah, it's not mechaper. The Rabbi Shimon, mitzah mitzah, no mashma'aleh. And Rabbi Shimon, he doesn't go for that extra vav dirasha. And therefore, comes out that, uh, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the source of a broken seats, not being able to mechaper, is from where? The extra vav. Only question that it's ba'isks over here, it's a bomb question. Says the Chaurah, why does Rabbi Yehuda need a source for a broken seats? Once he's telling me that the seats is only mechaper when you're wearing it, so finished. Once you're not wearing it, if it's broken, it doesn't exist. So therefore, it cannot be mechaper, which it should be implicit in his first derasha. Once you're telling me, Bayal Mitzah Aaron, Venasa. That that when it's on its mitzah, it's mechaper. Finished. Doesn't that exclude everything? Meaning, when he's not wearing it, kol sheken, when he's not wearing it, and it's broken. So the Ridba answers the following. He says like this. Actually, that is the question of the Tosfot Arosh. So he says like this. Kushat hikacha. Let's say we didn't find another source for Nishbara seats, for the broken seats. I would have had to learn the law of broken seats in the beginning of the Pasuk. What is the beginning of the Pasuk? That would have taught me broken seats. Now if that would have taught me broken seats... So then already, I would be forced to say that that's broken seats. And the second part of the pasuk, when it says, that's coming like Rabbi Shimon, to tell me that it's mechaper, always. So therefore, the fact, he had to show me a source for broken seats. Because without it, I could have learned the pasuk differently. You're right. Once I know that he holds that the seats always has to be on his forehead, to be mechaper, certainly a broken seats is automatic. But the question is, if I didn't have a source for broken seats, I would have told you like this. I would have said, could be from the beginning of the Pasuk I learned it from, broken seats. And therefore, from the beginning of the Pasuk is what? Metzah venasah. Now what's going to be the ui for the mesah? Oh, very good. Broken is no good. And then from the second Pasuk, I'll tell you what? Always mitzchot tamid. It's always mechaper, whether he's wearing it or not. But once I'm telling you that I know a broken seats from the end of the Pasuk, from Mitzchot Tamid, that means Mitzach Venasas opened, and they're following from the beginning of the Pasuk, that Davka, when he's wearing it, Al Mitzach, it is Meratzeh, and when he's not, not. So this, the Rasha is important for Rabbi Shemar, Rabbi Yehuda as well. So that's basically how they both are Doresh, these Pasukim. Now we go... Actually, he brings us down from the Ridba as well. So it is the Ridba and the Tosfot Arosh that both ask this uh, question. Comes the Gemara further. Nema Hani Kehani We learned yesterday a great Mahlokit between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. The principle of Tum'ah Hutra B'Sibur or Tum'ah Dehuya B'Sibur. Rabbi Shimon held the principle of Tum'ah Hutra B'Sibur 
I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda held the principle of Tumah Hutra Bisibur, whereas Rabbi Shimon held the principle of Tumah Dehuya Bisibur. So we're going to say this Mahloket Tanaim is actually similar to another Mahloket Tanaim. What we did yesterday was we brought the Amuraim and showed that the Tanaim have a similar argument. Today we're saying that the Tanaim, there's a similar Mahloket Tanaim. Okay, let's learn it now. The Tanya, because we have a Braita. Ehadze ve Ehadze. Whether it's this one or that one. Rashi tells us right away on the top line. First Rashi on the daf. We learned that there's two cases where you have to sequester a person for seven days. The Kohen Gadol seven days before Kippur. And the one that's going to burn the paraduma seven days before the actual uh, burning. Right? We sequester him to the Beit HaMikdash. Look at what else says. Ehadze ve'ehadze mazin alav kol shiv'ah. They would sprinkle on both these people for seven days. From what? Mikol Remember we learned that they had storage of every para aduma on file. From the first one that Moshe Rabbeinu did onward, they had a little uh, of the uh, water mixture left over. So what they would do was, during the seven days, they would sprinkle them from every single mixture on file. But it had to be done for seven days. Obviously, what are we doing this for? To cleanse them from Tumat Mit. Because the only way to cleanse somebody from Tumat Mit is by sprinkling them by, with the waters of the Para Aduma. Uh, technically, you have to sprinkle them on the third and the seventh day of the process. But the Bimi'ir holds that you're actually going to do it here all seven. We will see why. L'Chaurai, you only have to do it on three and seven. Why would the Bimi'ir say you have to do it every single day? But that's the Vred Bimi'ir. Rabbi Yosef Omer, En mazin alav ela shilishi v'shivai bilbad. So Rabbi Yosef says, no, all you got to do is on the third day, and the seventh day. Rabbi Harina Sagana Kohanim Omer, third opinion, Kohen asorefet apara mazin alav kol shiva'ah. Well, he makes a haluk. The Kohen that's burning the paraduma, you have to sprinkle them all seven. Kohen gadol b'yom kipurin, en mazin alav ela shilishi v'shivai. Whereas the Kohen Gadol, you only have to sprinkle him on three and seven. So we have a three-way Mahlokarovi between the Bimi'ir that says it's all seven for both cases. The Bimi'ir that says it's three and seven for both cases. And the Bimi'ir that splits it. Paraduma, all seven. Kohen Gadol for Kippur, three and seven. Now the Gibraltar is going to analyze the Mahlokarovi. Must be the source of the Mahlokar is the following. The Bimi'ir Sabar he must hold that what Tum'ah is is pushed away in the Sibur. How do you see that? It's pushed away in the Sibur. Look at the second line in Nashi. And you need a very good Tahara. And you need to sprinkle the person in the right time. We learned this in the second time, if you remember. Rabimi is going to say like this, Hey, Tum'ah is not Hutra, because if Tum'ah was Hutra, just, just let the guy go bring the uh, Qurban, and I don't care if he's Tamil. So what? For the fact that we're being so Mahmir, Sprinkle them not only in three and seven. Sprinkle them every day. Why? Because every day potentially could be the third or the seventh. How? Well, the first three days, it's potentially it could be the third day. 
How? Let's say he became Tameh two days before he got to this sequestering. So the first day of his sequestering is day three. Let's say he got Tameh a day before his sequestering. So day two would be day three. And let's say he got Tameh a second before uh, his, uh, his sequestering. So that's already day three would be day three. Good. Day four, the Gemara will discuss. Leave day four. If you remember, Maya asked this question when we learned Pesach and Pesach, the Gemara is going to say it on the Amud Bet. In any event, day four leave. But day five, six, and seven are Safik, day seven. Why? Because if you say, same, same principle. If he was Tameh two days before, so then day five is day seven. If he's Tameh day before, day six is day seven. If he got Tameh right at the beginning, so the day seven is day seven. So therefore, the Bimeir is Hoshesh, the first three days could be day three. The second three days could be day seven. But what does it mean being so mahbir, safik, maybe? Eli must hold what? Tum'ah dehuya. Because Tum'ah is not just Tuhutra. Don't worry if you Tameh bring it. No, 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 no. You gotta metahir yourself. Because it's like, uh, if you have a way to metahir yourself, we're not gonna let you bring it. Betum'ah. So therefore, they want to say to be mir masod wa tum'ah. Dehuya. Verebi Yosef sabar back to the Gemara. Tum'ah heteri besibur. And the Biyoseh must hold that what? Tumahutra besibur. And why Tumahutra besibur? That's why you only need uh, three and seven. Which means, look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Rabbi Yosef Sabar heteri besibur. Teno mahmere be'ela lema'ala be'alma. Which means he'll tell you the reason why you're sprinkling it all. Lema'ala be'alma. Meaning it's a humrah. Listen, we learn from the Milu'im. And they're, they're from the Miluim, the one that Aharon had to separate, they sprinkle them every day. They didn't sprinkle them with the Paradumah, of course, because there was no Paradumah on file yet, but they sprinkle them with the blood of the uh, Korban, as we learned. And then the water took over for the blood. So therefore, he's just saying, he, you sprinkle because that's what they did in the Miluim. But really, he sees that's what Mahmir. He's not making you do it every single day. So they want to say that the Mahloket to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yoseh is hinged on what? Hutra or Dehoya. Now, The Tosfot, on the second Tosfot over here, asks a very strong question. Look at the Tosfot, Derbi Yosef Sama Tumah Heteri Besibur. Now, Tumah Utra Besibur is said when? On a Korban Sibur. For example, the Korbanot of Yom Kippur. Correct? That's a Korban Sibur. That's what we say it on. We don't say it by Korban, that's not a Sibur. The Chaurah... Para Aduma, Tosfot's going to say, does not have a deen of a Korban Sibur. So if it doesn't have a deen of a Korban Sibur, the whole principle of saying Tumah Hutra should not apply. Look at the Tosfot inside. Temali, in ken gabe para, amai sagi begimel veshevi'i, halav Korban Siburi lidhot Shabbat. For example, we know a Korban Sibur shikavu alozman is duha Shabbat. You cannot burn a para adumah on Shabbat. The tumah. And therefore it should not be doche, tumah. Which means para adumah, Tosfot is giving you a fact. That's not considered a korban sibur. So we eshlobar, tekevan de tibul yom kasher be para. As we learned, the tibul yom is kasher. As a matter of fact, they used to actually metame the guy to prove that a tibul yom is kasher. Tekhti behizah tor de amar taor koldu. And it says, right, it's 
any taharas kasher by paraduma. Once you went to the mikveh, no, there's no erev shemesh. Imken mehatam nami nechshir koena sorefet tapara belo hazaklal kevan delo barur landinetma. Min Torah, you need minimal tara for the paraduma. What's the proof? The guy went to the mikveh, he didn't have erev shemesh. It's okay. So from that pasuk, I'll say also this guy over here that we're sprinkling. We don't know if he became tamei or not. The only reason why we're sprinkling is why maybe he came in contact with Korbstuma. So in a Torah, you wouldn't even need sprinkling not on day three and not on day seven. Because it's not Barur that there was even Tumah. The Wadin Dafinu Shlishiu Shibi'ilo Ba'ir. Ela Ma'ala Be'alma. And Tosvot says, the spring, it's really Utra. Which means, it, it, you don't need it Bechlal. We were thinking over, hey, the guy's Tameh. What's, what's three and seven going to do? The Kaurai should be Mahmir uh, to do all seven. There's no Tumautra by Paraduma. He's coming as another. This whole three and seven, by the way, is not even necessary by Paraduma. Why? Because we see the Turaz Matir Tahara Koldehu. Because he let, they let the guy go to the big fame without Hayarif Shemesh. So, again, we're talking about a case, keep in mind, where we, the guy's not Vadaitame. We're doing this all Misafik. So, therefore, Tosfor really wants to say the three and seven by Paraduma, Kotrebi, you say, is just. Totally uh, extra. The Kippur, we're going to say, it's Tumahutra. Because all the Kurbanot we said are Kurbanot Sibur. So therefore, according to the Bimi, he's going to say what? you got to sprinkle them every day. Oh, why? Because Tumah Dehoyah. But the Biyosin says Tumahutra. So why are you sprinkling them on 3 and 7? Because we learn from the Miluim. So therefore he's going to sprinkle them, you know, uh, uh, symbolically like the Miluim. But really Tumah. That's the way the Gebaran wants to learn. Comes the Gebaran says, No. We start from Vitispira. Tispira is uh, one, two, three, four, five lines before they get wide. Gebaran says, Vitispira. Does this make sense to learn the Mahloket like this? If he holds to Mautra, He's asking like this: If you hold to Mautra b'sibur, what are you making lechaura hazaa at all? Which means that she says, why do you need three and seven? If you're just trying to model the miluin, do it every day, symbolically. For the fact that you chose three and seven, it's most where you're concerned about a Tumah issue over here. Right. Which means, yeah, I just, you, you gotta got follow the Miluim because that's where you learned it from. Miluim, they used to sprinkle out on every day. I just sprinkle the Kohen over here or the Soref Efra Para every day. Stop, just for the, to keep the connection. From the fact that you're doing three and seven, it's most where you're concerned about Tumah. What should you be worried about Tumah? If you hold Tumah, Hutrabi Sibur, Bechla, why are you doing three and seven? That's the Gemara's question is, don't do three, do every day. Every day is not a Tumah. Every day is just, we're following Miluim. But from the fact that you're choosing three and seven is the issue of, Ta'afka three and seven, hey, what do you care about Tumah Rabbi Yosef? You, if you tell me Tumah Utra, Ela the Gemara says, the different Mahlokar over here, Kula Alma, Hani Tanesav, Tumah Dehuyahi Besibu. Ela, everybody's concerned about Tumah. And therefore they hold Tumah Dehuyah Besibu. Because again, if you hold Tumah Hutra B'Sibu, don't do anything. Elas Tumah D'Oyah also, what's the Mahloket? Be'acha Be'ha Kamepalge. Here's the Mahloket. Rabbi Meir Sabar Amrinan Tibila Bizmana Mitzvah. 
ורבי יוסף סבר, לא אמרים את תבילה בזמן המצווה. איזה ישו? There's a principle uh, going to the מקווה on time. Is it a mitzvah or not a mitzvah? Rabbi Meir is going to hold going to the mikveh on time is indeed a mitzvah. How? As she says, he learns it from a pasuk in Bamidbar. You'll purify the guy that was tamay on the seventh day. He'll clean his clothes. Then a hats. I'll go to the mikveh. Meaning, he's got to go dafka on the seventh day. And the, just like the tevilah has to be done on time, the hazah also has to be done on time. According to him, he holds him. You know why you got to sprinkle them every day? Because maybe this is the third day. And maybe this is the seventh day. And therefore, you can't just throw three and seven. Because maybe really the day before was the third day. Now, granted, if he did three and seven, technically, he, he did a process. But it's, it's not enough. According to him, it's not enough to sprinkle on three and seven. You have to sprinkle on the three and seven. The actual third day and the actual seventh. Because he holds what? Just like Tevilah bismana mitzvah, Hazaah bismana mitzvah. So that's why he's saying you have to sprinkle every day. And the Biyosei holds? No. Tevilah bismana lav mitzvah. I agree to Madi you're going to have to purify the guy. So therefore, do it three and seven. Because I don't care if this is not the exact third day. As long as you did three and seven in the process, you're in. You're tahor. So that's the machlokar over here. Do you need to be and hazaah bizmanah mitzvah or not? But everybody holds what? Tum'ah dechuyah b'sibur. Now, comes the Gemara and says, first wide line, is that possible? Could you tell me that Biyosei doesn't hold that Tevilah Bizmanah is a mitzvah? Of course he holds it's a mitzvah to, 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 to go to Tevilah Bizmanah. How do you know this? We have a brighter. <laughs> a guy has one of the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu written on his flesh. Yeah, yes, he has his flesh, a tattoo. Yud ke vav ke. So what did we do now? Well, the guy can't go to the mikveh. Because what's going to happen if he goes to the mikveh? It's going to erase it. And you're not allowed to erase the name of Hashem. Then she says, So you don't erase the Shem in the water. How do you know you're not allowed to erase the name? Because it says, You have to erase the name of Abu Dazara. Then it says, Lo ta'asun ken Hashem inoichim. So therefore you see, it's allowed from the Torah to erase the name of Hashem. So what do you do? The guy's got to go to the mikveh, but the guy's got Hashem on his, uh, on his flesh. Velo yasuch. Lo yasuch meaning he cannot anoint himself. Because again, it'll erase it. Velo ya'amod bimko matinofet. A different inyan. You cannot stand in a place where there's a smell or there's dirt, because that's bizayon for the, for the Hashem. Nizdamnan lo tevilah shil mitzvah. Oh, let's say, but he's got Tevilah Mitzvah. The guy's a Zav. He's got to actually go to the Mikveh on a certain night. How's he going to go to the Mikveh? He's got to go. Korech alav gemi v'tobel. Let him take gemi. Let him take a little, like, grass. Let him, korech, let him tie it, cover it, and let him go down to the Mikveh. Rashi says, the reason you're doing this is, la'gen alav. 
in order to protect the Shem, in order that what? Uh, so it doesn't erase. Because when you're going down to the Mikveh, there's a strong Shetef Maim, she says, there's a strong current of water, so that we have to, you have to cover it. You, you have to say as well that you're not covering it that tight, because otherwise it's going to be a Hatzitzah. Okay? So you place the Gemi. That's according to one opinion. Rabbi Yosei Omer, Yorel Vetobel Kedarko. He says, you know what? You go down into the mikveh, no gemi, just go down regularly. Ubilbad, shelo yeshefshef. As long as you don't rub it, biyadayim, it's okay. What's the logic? And we understand the machloket, whether you can go to the mikveh with a gemi on or you don't go, it's based on tevila bizmanah mitzvah. The first opinion says it's not a mitzvah to go specifically on the night that you have to go. Therefore, let's say the night you have to go is Shabbat. That's like Friday night is the night you have to go. So according to this, it's not always common that you're going to find a um, gemi on Shabbat. In probability, you won't find a gemi on Shabbat. And therefore, you're going to have to push it off the mikveh. Tanakamah says, so what? Get a gemi. Even if it means that you're not going to end up going on Friday night, when you have to go, so what? Tevilah bezmana, la mitzvah. For the fact that Ibi Yosef says, don't use a gemi, what is he telling you? I want you to go on Friday night, regardless whether you find a gemi or not. Why? Because the mitzvah. For Ibi Yosef, so I'm going to mitzvah. And that's why we don't want you to get sidetracked by looking for a gemi. Because what's going to happen? He's going to have to go Friday night. He's not going to find it. What is he going to do? Rabbi said, I need a gemi. I'm not going. No, 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 forget about the gemi. Never go with a gemi. Go on the time that you have to go. So therefore, we're back to the issue now. Everybody must hold to bilab bismana, mitzvah. Or if that's the case, so then why does Rabbi Yosef say you only have to bazeh the guy three and seven? Lecha if you hold to bilab bismana, mitzvah, you got to do it on the... The right day. Why only three and seven then? So we're back to trying to understand the mahalokit of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yosef. So, so the, no, it's not Ruta. Everybody holds the huya. Because we're clearly saying you need it for Tumah purposes. And everybody holds Tevilah Bizmana Mitzvah. So if Tevilah Bizmana Mitzvah Lechaura, you should have to do it every day. Even according to Rabbi Yosef. So comes the Gemara and says, Ela, Here's the mahlukit. Rabbi Meir Sabar, Makshinan Hazza'al Litbila. Rabbi Yosef Sabar, Lo Makshinan Hazza'al Litbila. That's the issue. Yes, Tibila is Manam Mitzvah, no question. When you have to go to the Mikveh, you gotta go to the Mikveh. You can't push off the night, that's the night you gotta go, that's the Mitzvah. But the question is, is Hazza'ab is Manam Mitzvah? Which means, who, who said that, just because you say, Tevilah is Manah Mitzvah, that Hazza'ab is Manah Mitzvah? Well, Rabibi is going to say, yes, just like Tevilah is Manah Mitzvah, Hazza'ab is Manah Mitzvah. Therefore, you got to sprinkle them every day. Of course, maybe today is the third day. Maybe today is the seventh day. Whereas Rabbi Yosef says, yes, once you establish that he's got to go to the Mikveh, that night is a Mitzvah. But you don't need Hazza'ab is Manah. Therefore, he just says, sprinkle on the third day and the seventh day. Why do you have to sprinkle on the third day and the seventh day? Which means, according to this, Hazaz doesn't matter when you make Hazaz. So the Khara, why would the Torah tell us, dip tafka on the third day and the seventh day? I thought Hazaz is not a mitzvah. Do it whatever you want. Why Torah says third seven? 
But the Torah is telling you, I don't care if it's Dafka the third or the seventh. I'm just telling you that from the first Hazaah to the second Hazaah, you can't have more than four days in between. That's what the Torah is telling you. It's not telling you it has to be, if you got Tameh on day one, three days later you have to make Hazaah. No, make Hazaah whenever you want. But just know, once you make your first Hazaah, it's got to be four days later the next one. Because if there's more than a gap of no Hazaah in between, then your first Hazaah is going to be invalidated. So therefore, according to the B Yoseh, just do it three and seven. You don't have to do it on every day. So again, the Bachlok at the Yoseh and the Bimi is as follows. Everybody holds wa Tum'ah Dechuyah. Everybody holds Tevilah Bizmana Mitzvah. What's the issue over here? Is Hazaah Bizmana Mitzvah. The Bibliya says yes, even Hazaah is a Mitzvah. So what's the only option to do the Hazaah in the right time is what? Maybe today's the third day. Maybe today's the seventh day. Gotta do it every day. Whereas according to the Bibliya say, no, Hazaah is not a Mitzvah, Bidafka in its time. So therefore, just do three and seven. How could you do two and six? You can't do two and six. Because... If you got it right before, you got to do it. The minimum is, is of the third day. The third day, you're guaranteed. Now, you don't have to do it on the third day also, by the way. According to the BOSA, whenever you're going to do it, do it two weeks later. The point is, in a general case, do it two weeks later, and then once you do the first one, make sure four days later you do the next one. Look at the bottom Lashi. Look at the bottom Lashi. No Makshina. We don't compare Tevilah to, Abi Hazaah to Tevilah. Hazaab is man Allah mitzvahi. Vehi ketiv shilishi veshivayi. What do you mean? But the Torah says three and seven. Shelo yakdim. Ah, don't do it before three. Viyeshev ben Hazaal Hazar ba'ayamim, and then leave a four-day gap between one Hazar to the next. Aval imesh Hazaal is man merubal et laba. But if you delay the entire Hazar to a later date, no problem. Comes the Gemara and says, Good. So now we understand the be meid of Yosef. But the hard opinion over is to be Halinah Segana Kohanim. Because he's somewhere in the middle. He says, when it comes to Paraduma, all seven. Hazaa. When it comes to Kippur, three and seven. Uh, what do you hold exactly? So the Gebra says, Verabi Halinah Segana Kohanim. Makish If indeed he is Makish. Hazaat Tebilah, meaning that you need Hazaat Bizmana. I feel the Kohen b'yom kippurim dame. So the Kohen, even the Kohen that you separate him for seven days, got to mazehim every day. Ilom akish Hazaat Bilah. And if you don't, I feel the Kohen of Sulif Tapara namelo. Why should you need every day for the Paraduma if you're holding Hazaat not a mitzvah? So make up your mind. What's the logic of the split? Le'olam lo makish. You know what? You don't need Hazaat Bizmana. That's why by the Kippur, three and seven is enough. V'choyena sunefet ha-para, ma'ala be'alma. It's just a humra. Because since we were mekel by para aduma, by letting a tibul yom, sunefet ha-para, and we, 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 we were even more mekel. We actually were metameh the guy. In order to show the salakat, to uproot the tziduki philosophy, so to be, Hanina Sigana Kwanim says, to counterbalance that kula, we put a homer that you have to sprinkle them every day. But it's not midin hazaab izmana. The proof is, like the guy of Kippur, the queen of Kippur, you only do three and seven. So paraz only a homer. So that's the three way machloket. Kebarat says, Keman Azla, who is the following statement going like? Ha de Rabbanan. <laughs> 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 
the Kohen Gadol B'Yom Kippurim. There is no difference between the Kohen that's sequestered before Kippur to the Kohen that's sequestered before the Paraduma. Ela, the only difference is Shezeh Perishato Likdusha. The Kohen Gadol is being sequestered. Why? Likdusha. Because he's going to enter a place of Kedusha. As she says, Likanes Lemachanes Shechina. To prepare him before he enters Mahanesh Shekina, Alav. We don't want him to be arrogant before he enters. Mikol Kalutrosh. Want to sequester him to make him serious. So he's not going to be lightheaded. When you separate somebody from people, obviously it brings a certain amount of seriousness and humility to the person. So therefore, Likdusha. That's the way that she understands those words. meaning since he's entering in order to temper him and to make him more serious, so what do we have to do? Sequestration. But his brothers, the Kohanim, can touch him. Which when we say sequestered, people still have to shake his hand. They're allowed to come in contact with him. They, could, uh, they weren't so mahmid that nobody can even uh, touch him. However, the Paraduma fellow that's sequestered, he's Niflash le Tahara. What does the Tahara mean? Lahmir be Taharato. Because when Mahmir on his Tahara, as she tells us, because of the Kula that we do by Paraduma, the Sorefe for the Para. So therefore, we have to be Mahmir to sequester him, right? The Ene Hava Kwanim Nukimbo. Ah, but there's Umrahi. That no one's not to even touch him for those seven days. So that's the only difference, by the way. Like a man is sequestering, everything is the same. The only difference is, can his brothers, the Kohanim, touch him or not? Kibra says, Keman. Who's this going like? Or the Bimi'ir or the Biyoseh. This can be going like the Bimi'ir or the Biyoseh. Because Legabe, the sprinkling, the Bimi'ir says sprinkling, they're the same. It's every day for both of them. According to the Biyoseh, it's the same. It's the same as well. According to the Biyoseh, it's three and seven for both of them. So the only difference is what? Can the brothers touch him or not? Because if you're going to say, You have this difference also. So if Efer sprinkled every day, where Kippur is only three and seven. So how can the Gebarah say, the only difference between them is, can the brothers touch him or not? No, there's another difference by the way, a very big difference, mind you. Do you need Hazza every day or not? Gebarah says, oh, so therefore the Gebarah says it cannot be Now I want to point out the Tosfot over here in the second Tosfot. Tosfot says, what are you talking about? Is that the only difference? There's another difference. Where does the Kohen get sequestered? Didn't we say the Kohen Kippur gets sequestered in the Shkat Parhedrin? Where is the Ephra Para, the fellow, he gets to the stone room, the Shkat Betaevin, different spot. So the Kaurah, that's a difference also. So Tosfot, in one answer, says, that's not considered such a significant difference, the place where we would office. By the way, they both go to an office. So he goes to that office, they go to that office. That's not considered a significant, you know, difference. But in another answer, Tosfot says, no, that's what the Gemara was saying. When it says, it means, he goes to a place that's Kadosh. Lishkat Paredrin, which is on the Temple Mount, that's an area that has Kedusha. Where this one goes, just in a place that's Tahor. 
where people are not saying Mitzurayim and Zadim and uh, people that cannot uh, enter. So according to Tosfot, that's what the Gemara was saying. That is the difference. So it comes that we have a fantastic Mahalab Din Rashi and Tosfot how to learn Zepri Shatolik Dusha and Zepri Shatolik Tara. Rashi learns Zepri Shatolik Dusha means because she's entering Mahanes Shekhinah, so we have to make him serious so he doesn't become lightheaded. And this one, since we, we're being Mekel on certain laws of the Paraduma, we have to be sequestering him for Tara. Tosfot says, no, 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 no. Zepri which is on the Temple Mount, which is a Kadosh area. is the pshat that you have to go what to the Shkat which is a place of Tara. That is indeed the difference. So Tosfot's question was, "How give me the give me the difference?" <laughs> they didn't give me the difference. That's Pinishatol Dusha, Pinishatol the Tara. Comes Gemara continues. Matkif la Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Hanina. Now the Gemara is going to ask the question. Bishlama Rishon. I understand why you have to sprinkle them every day according to Rabbi Meir. Because the first day, Sheme Shilishi. The first day could be day three. How? He got Tameh two days before. So day one is day three. Sheni Sheme Shilishi. Day two is also could be day three. How? Maybe he got Tameh a day before he was sequestered. And then day three is what? I'm saying day two is day three. Shilishi, shima shilishi. Right? Shilishi, maybe it's the third day. Maybe he got Tamir right before. And therefore, day three is actually day three. Now, hamishi, let's go to five, six, and seven. Shime shivioi. Because if he got Tamir two days before, so day five is day seven. Shishi, shima shivioi. If he got Tamir one day before, day six is day seven. Shivioi, shima shivioi. And the seventh day, it might be the seventh day. Ela revi'i la mali haza'aklal lo b'shilishi ika l'sepuke velo b'shilishi ika l'sepuke The fourth day, l'chaorah, you don't need anything. The fourth day cannot be the third because once he's sequestered, the latest he can become tamir is the day he got sequestered. Right. So day three is day three, finished. Day four cannot be day three. How can it be day seven? The earliest he could have got tamir to make day one uh, uh, day three is two days before. Now, once you say that that day one to the next day is day five, it's going to be day seven. If you got to have it two days before. Maybe get three, three days before. Yeah, if you get to get three days before, so what do you want to say? Then when are you going to dip him? Before? Before they got sequestered then? They didn't have a third. Then, then what's the third day? Third days before we got here. So therefore, day four does not fall into not day three and not day seven. So what does it say you have to dip, sprinkle them every day for? So the Gebara says, You thought when we said sprinkle them every day, we meant every day? Do you ever have Hazaa Kol Shivut. What are you talking about? We know Hazaah, it's forbidden with Rabbanan. When you sprinkle somebody, you can't do it on Shabbat because it's considered mitaken goof. You're, you're fixing. But it's Rabbanan. So you never sprinkled on Shabbat. So when we said seven days, obviously we were talking beside Shabbat. Now even though the Mepharshim asked over what do you mean, in Shavut be Mikdash? there's no shvutz in the Mikdash. And they answer different answers over here that really in this case was two shvutz for some reason. And therefore, since it's two Yisrael Rabbanan, we're not going to waive it. But the point is, when we said all seven, we never meant all seven. Because for sure, on Shabbat, you're not sprinkling. Shiva I mean, when you said seven, it meant seven, of course, 
without Shabbat? So too, when we said seven, it means besides the fourth day. So, so you don't sprinkle technically on the fourth day and on Shabbat. So now comes the Gemara and says like this. I have to speak to the outside. For Paraduma, we're in control. We just have to, we know, we, we, we set the timetable. We can decide when we need to burn the Paraduma. And therefore, we know we have to sequester in what? Seven days before. So, since we're in control of the timetable, we'll always sequester him in a situation where the fourth day will come out on Shabbat. So, therefore, anyway, you don't have to sprinkle on the fourth day. So, therefore, instead of having two days where you don't sprinkle him, separate him on a day, I guess Wednesday, where Shabbat is automatically the fourth day. Again, I got to separate the guy for seven days? I can do whatever I want. Oh, the yeah. the there's, no, there's, no, there's no date where I have to do this. Ah, uh, very good. As opposed to Kippur, Kippur, I can't control it. The candle is made by the Hachamim. Which is once the third day of Tishri comes, Kippur is on the tenth, I got no choice. So sometimes I'm going to be missing two days. I'm going to be missing the fourth day, and I'm missing the Shabbat. But on Parado, and I can control it, I'd rather make the Shabbat come out on the fourth day. Read it inside. Amarava. Hilkach. That it's not in our control to decide the date. It's dependent on the moon, meaning on the month, on the calendar. You gotta gotta separate them on the third of Tishri, seven days before Kippur. And whenever it falls out, it falls out, whatever day of the week. Which means sometimes you're gonna actually have to miss two days of Hazah, day four and day seven. Aval, and Shabbat, I'm sorry. Aval. That it's dependent on us. Separate him on Wednesday. Why? So at least what? The fourth day will come out on Shabbat. So technically you kill two birds with one stone. Now it should be pointed out that there is uh, scenarios where you'll actually miss three days. And the Mefarshim do point this out. The Mefarshim say like this. Shimafrishinotoleolambegimotashri. Of the Hazah falls out on Shabbat. Let's say you mafish him on Thursday. Okay? So now, on Shabbat, you're not going to speak because it's Hazah. Now that's the third day, right? You're going to lose three days. Why? We know you don't do so. Sunday you're not going to do. Why? How could you do on the seventh day? You didn't have Azah on day three. 
If you don't do on Shabbat, which is day three, you don't have azah on day seven. Because you need three and seven. But if three, you didn't do seven, you don't do as well. So therefore, no, you don't But again, you're doing seven. You're doing the day seven. We're going to call it to the Bimi'ir. That every single day you're doing it to, to, to take care of the Safik. So if, if day three was Shabbat and you didn't, you didn't mazer, there's no purpose to do day seven. So therefore, so therefore, they're questioning Rashi. Rashi, why did you tell me it can only come out a maximum of two days missed? It's possible that you'll have three days missed. So he says, will be here by God to be the eyes of Moshe Horvitz. It's two more days besides the fourth. When she said you're going to miss two days, the fourth is given. The fourth is the day you miss. I don't got to tell you the fourth. When she said two days, it's two other days besides the fourth. Because you can miss the Shabbat, and you can miss a case where the third falls out on Shabbat, you'll miss the seventh. So that's the shot they want to learn in Rashi. Baruch Adwali Aulad, Amen, Amen.